Hey everyone, Vicky McLeod here. Welcome back to the Europe is Coming podcast. This time I have Reggie Fasser from the UK on the show. Reggie talks about what it's like to become a full-time professional athlete and the reality of coping with the demands of the job. A quick warning, there is some adult language. You can take the boy out of Newcastle, but you can't take Newcastle out of the boy. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome, Reggie Fasser, to the Europe is Coming podcast. I'm really happy to have you on today, especially after a great showing at the Open. Well done. Thank you. That's and um, we are talking the week before quarterfinals, 2022. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Reggie, because firstly, I don't really know that, I mean, apart from my research, I've never had the opportunity to really get to know you. Um, yeah. I know that you're a, a, a northern boy, let's put it that yeah. way. So, a bit boisterous, eh? But boisterous can bet them Londoners. Oh, I know. Well, we're posh southerners. What can I say? I'll do my <laughs> best to keep up. Um, and I thought you, you're a great person to introduce to the to the Europe is Coming podcast listeners because we have got a lot of people now that are really interested in the up and coming European athletes and, um, and how they're performing against the the, the better known names. And yeah. I'm very happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. When, when well, how should we start? We should start, I guess, with your entry into CrossFit because you have been I was looking on your Instagram looking back through the the years of uh, postings some interesting pictures uh, uh, videos of people not having such a good time <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't, you can't scroll too far down like because I've um, put some bad pictures on back in the day hey Reggie I went all the way to the end <laughs> I, I think I was making on with someone as well and one of them <laughs> you look very you must have been about 60 as well and I was fucking poor well, you were, you were a wee lad back in the day. <laughs> but uh, now you started in... Tw- I've got it that you started competing in CrossFit in 2017, but you must have started CrossFit way before then. No, I don't think I did, you know. I think I started around um, 2017, 2016 probably was my first year into it. I got quite into, quite quick into competing, which probably wasn't the best best thing to do because teaching yourself some bad habits to try and kick. Um, but I love I love the sport. And like you were saying before, with rugby, I feel like it reflects similar to the mentality of rugby and, and things like that. So I fell in love with it quite quick after I hung the rugby boots up after um, getting dropped from um, Newcastle. Uh, I didn't really... I, I took a step back, step back down and played for my local club. But... It wasn't the same when you play at that level to go back down um, standards and the lads that didn't really want to train hard or they didn't really care about losing. It was just a game of rugby to them when it meant a bit more to me. So I didn't really, I didn't like losing. So I'd just rather not play. So I took myself out of it. So I needed to fill that gap with something and and fell into CrossFit through one of the boys who I used to play rugby with. Um he he got he got me in contact with the local local box for me and absolutely loved it. Um, catfished me probably with some burpees and then wall balls, some easy <laughs> movements. If it, was, if it started off with a snatch session, I probably I probably wouldn't be here now. But uh, yeah, uh, I just needed to plug that hole and 
wanted to train and I didn't really do it because I didn't know much about competing back then when I first started. It was just like to have a, to look good, really. You'd get a bit of fizz done, get a bit sweaty, flirt with some birds in the class and uh, that was it. But um, yeah, it was, it was good crack. I enjoyed it. And all my mates, all my mates went. You have quite a competitive background before you started CrossFit, though, because as you said, as you referred to, you had a rugby career before that, and you were quite young when you started playing rugby. In fact, I think you had a scholarship, didn't you, for yeah, I got um, school. So, <clears throat> so I probably started playing rugby when I was in year six or something. How old would you have been then? Is that 11 or something when you're in year six at school? 2006 must be 2006 so I mean mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere around then and um I wasn't the best at rugby when I first started but um I got quite good on the in my in year 11 at school year 10 and year 11 I got quite good and I got picked up for a scholarship for to go to a private school because all these private schools they're expensive expensive fees a year like I couldn't no no way could my family afford um the fees it was like 24 grand a year or something and I got offered a full-time 100% scholarship to go to this boarding school called Barna Castle and it was a great opportunity but when I when I first went it wasn't what I thought was going to be it was like you're doing Saturday school you're doing chapel every day it was like a big a big change in scenery from what I was used to when I was knocking about the streets with my mates playing playing TIG or fucking catchy kisses, do you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever we wanted to do on the night time, we could, we could do, didn't have like bedtimes, didn't have curfews, didn't have to do homework. But you, you go to this private school and see how like the other, the other side live. And like, you've got, you had to do certain things at certain times. We were like, the rugby training got knocked up. We, we, I went from like practicing um, rugby like once a week and playing a game on a Saturday to I was training like, five times a week with like strength and conditioning coaches and all these things. And it was just like, you just leveled you up again, but it was hard to get used to from, from where I come from. So it took me about three weeks to get used to this, this private school. And once you got to know the lads and got used to the weird accents, it was, uh, it was class. It was like a big lad sleepover. And um, it was, it was really good crack. And it's given me opportunities and met, met people that, that, I've got got mates for life, like, and um, it was it was really good. So after that, we got 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 more. I was playing for Newcastle before then, but um, through the academy, and then I got more into Newcastle with under 18s and then ended up getting with my injuries. Didn't really look after my body until I started doing CrossFit more seriously. Even probably since last year, I probably started looking after body my body a bit more. But when I was training for rugby, I didn't really like the gym much as in didn't really train legs. I didn't really do like conditioning on rowers or anything what I do now. And it's, it's, it's mad actually that I've, I've took this turn, but um, yeah. So I didn't really look after my body. So I kept getting injured quite a bit. And I, th- I felt like that I th- Newcastle thought that I would just be an injury prone and they just didn't get, they didn't offer me a senior contract after, after my academy. So I ended up getting dropped and that's when I probably, it gave me a reality of like, what am I going to do next? I was I was a bit shocked because I didn't have anything lined up because I wanted to be a rugby player. I was like, shit, I've, I haven't got anything lined up. So I was like panicking with like, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a plumber, fireman? Like <laughs> the all these like random random things what I could I wanted to dive into 
and I ended up doing uh, marine engineering, which my my uncle's a, he's a chief engineer offshore. So he got me into that and um, I ended up going to college, which th- there's there's not many marine colleges around the UK. I think there's three or something. Portsmouth. And, uh, yeah, Portsmouth is one. Um, South Shields is one of them and it was right on my doorstep. Oh, yeah. so it was like, it would make sense. I could just, I could, I could just do that. So I'd done that for three and a half years and I absolutely hated it. Like oh. <laughs> from going, like the, the, it was like crack again with the lads at college, like, but you were getting paid to do it because you were getting, it was like 40 grand to do this course. And then you, had, uh, you were getting paid monthly off your, off your, whoever was sponsoring you. And I was getting sponsored off an offshore company at the time. So my rotation wasn't too bad. So you do like a year's worth of college face. They would teach you up to do maths and all these all the other stuff. And then you do a year and a half of sea phase, which you have to go away at sea and go offshore with the ships and things like that. And depending on who you're with, like if you're a cruise ship, you'd be away for four months at a time or whatever. But the offshore was normally like a four week turnaround. So four weeks on, four weeks off. And I didn't really like, so I'd be doing CrossFit Dublin and then, and was still doing like a bit of competitions with my mates, qualifiers and things like that. But once I would go offshore, I would lose all my strength and, mm fitness because we couldn't do anything offshore like i remember they were taking me a tour around the, um, the ship and they're like oh yeah this is the gym i was like where's the gym they're like well there's a kettlebell in the corner and i was like you class and this is the gym and it was just it was a shambles really i didn't really and that's probably why it was the job wasn't hard itself like it was an easy job and you would be getting paid good money for it but like i didn't want to waste my youth uh, chasing money when it would, I would just been living like a miserable life, really, and I and I wanted to just like chase chase after summer, and that's when I got after. So I finished my con, my my cadetship out after three and a half years, got my degree in engineering, and then um, fell on the job with my dad. He was just like, "Yeah, I've got a job on. If you want to give us a hand," and I was like, "Yeah, a couple of weeks, yeah, whatever." And then I'm falling into a, a job with my dad for for five four years or something. What Feels did your like dad do? He owns a construction company. Uh, and I put FASA into Google. He came up on LinkedIn. I thought, I wonder how many FASAs <laughs> there are. <laughs> it wasn't David, was it? Put it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I wonder an... if that's his dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. He's, it's an Arabic name, that. Is um, that where he's from? No, it's my, my great granddaughter or something. But uh, yeah, a little pick. I've got a pick a mix worth of family, like God knows where else I'm from. Well, most most British people have actually, haven't they? We all got we're like mongrels somehow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so yeah, I fell into a job with him. Um and I thought it was gonna be a bit of luxury with working for your dad and being the gaffer's son, but it couldn't have been anything opposite. Like I thought I'd be getting job and knocks and getting all the easy jobs, but no, no, no. He taught me a lesson. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't get anything in the world for, for like by doing things easy and things like that. And he's taught me a valuable lesson and and like how to graft and just tick off like jobs and get things done and be productive with my time. Like looking back on it, Matt, it's, it, he has taught me valuable lessons. Like, but he's he's took some years off my life. Like, but I look. <laughs> I look 40. Were, that, <laughs> were they hard lessons to learn then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Because, you I mean, like you were looking for the easy road or you just like you were surprised at how hard it would be? Um, Just like the graft is in. I feel like some people in the world don't really know how the world works and mm. uh, like what 
so like what I'm classing as my job now is is such a privilege, even though I thought it was going to be not better than what it was, but easier because it's now I've got more time to train. I've got more time to recover. Like if anything, CrossFit's just got harder because I've got more energy to wreck myself harder. You know what I mean? But when it, um, with the work side of things, like it was a different kind of hardship. It wasn't, it was being productive with your time and going and getting things done after work. But um, with the job that I'm classing now where I'm getting paid off my sponsorships, like it's mad. Like you're getting paid off Instagram posts and things like that. Like it's not hard graft. Like what when I was digging holes for my dad, I'd jump boxing off jobs for my dad. Like you could see, you could see the graft you were doing because the you're either getting the job done or you weren't. Like mm. it's not like about Instagram and what people, what what some people get paid for now these days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a more tangible production, isn't it? You yeah. can like, and I think that's one of the things I like about when you work in a in a business where you're cooking or you're you're doing something with your hands. You, know, you, you like you make the thing and it's there. Yeah. When you when you're doing something like I'm, I work as a photographer and as a and a writer. And um, sometimes people just think that that comes easy, but actually there's a different kind of um, graph that has to go into that. And it's mentally tiring, but not physically tiring. Yeah, that's what I thought when in CrossFit, it was, you were still physically demanding, but it was more of like a mental drain as well, because you're under the pressure of performing. And when you, I know you shouldn't be because um, sponsors should back you no, no matter where, wherever your place or they should they should see the potential in you. And I feel like that's what CrossFit in the grassroots especially is missing. Um, you're, you get paid like when before quarterfinals last year, not many people wanted anything to do with me mm. because they didn't, they didn't want to invest in like, you can, you can totally get where they're coming from. It was, it's tight off lockdown and things like that. And um they don't know what, what how well you were going to do, but as soon as I done well in quarterfinals last year, like all these people that um, my coach asked for help off, like started to come knocking. You're like, well, thought you didn't have a budget a couple of weeks ago, but now you've got a budget. Yeah, it's a tough call, isn't it? Because you have to accept that money as well, don't you? If you want to yeah. progress, you've got to, you've got to, and um, it's just I wish they just had a better procedure of how 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 the, but I feel like it didn't help back in the day, um, in the OG days of CrossFit when everyone was getting free T-shirts and that was that was getting classed as a sponsored athlete. I felt mm. that everyone's um, spite themselves back then by just taking the free stuff, and it's made it harder for people who want who actually want to need to make a wage off it to pay the bills because free T-shirt doesn't pay the bills anymore. Do you know what I mean? And to do it at the top end of the level, you you can't have a job. Like you've got you've got to sacrifice all these things and do it full time. Like um, it's 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 fucking hard work. And I feel like the people that who were taking everything for free, like sponsors, look well. Well, he's taking it for free. Why do you want? Why do you want us to pay pay you to do it? You're like it's 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 a, it's a tough dig. Like it's tough. It happens a lot with me. Everybody's like, "Oh, you took that picture, so I, we can just use it for nothing." It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. you can't. <laughs> I have the same thing. Like people think, "Oh, you're doing it because you love it." Yeah, I'm doing it because I love it, but I also need to pay my mortgage. You know, there yeah. is uh, 
It's like, uh, why can't I have both of those things? So I, yeah. I agree with you. So you must have learned to handle pressure pretty early on in your life because of you know, your, comp- your competition when you were playing in rugby, the, yeah. the rejection you had when you were dropped, <laughs> as you said, from the team. And then those years of building and like being frustrated in different jobs. How did you manage all of those feelings? Yeah, it was. it, it is hard and... I feel like it's easier to deal with something when when things don't go to plan. Like the, the one thing I wasn't ready for was was dealing with the come down after you do well. Like I can't describe how how much it hits you. Like obviously every up's got to have the the opposite of a down. And when your back's against the wall or things aren't going well, you can, you can get you kind of sense and you rile yourself up for things, but something when when you do well in something like quarterfinals last year and then then I'm honestly remember the next day I said to my coach I was like I can't do another day down in Wigan like I need to go home right now to have a week with my mates who don't give a shit about CrossFit they don't care what I do in CrossFit they just I need to be humbled by my my day ones and play a bit of cod with them and just not talk about doing CrossFit and that's that's what I wasn't really ready for when I when I when I done started doing this full time and I feel this this year of the season like last year we didn't you didn't know where anyone was at because everyone come out the back of a lockdown and you didn't know how hard people were training so you would you didn't know the levels and what what you had to be ready for so we would just have to be ready for the open and we were just like right we qualify for quarterfinals then we were like right quarterfinals comes around right we're going to see how well we can do at quarterfinals to qualify for semis and I feel like the peak of of last year was well too early because we didn't know what we had to be ready for mm. and this year this time around like the Open hasn't been nowhere near as stressful or I feel like the lead up to quarterfinals is still nowhere near as stressful as what it was last year because I'm ready for for the emotional side of things and physically. And the roadmap is clearer, isn't it, as well? Because last year there was so much uncertainty about what everyone was doing and what was happening. Yeah, with with like the format and if it's going to be online, in person, like now it's it's a lot more clear and it's going a bit more back to normality that um, we could, you can plan things out and be ready for it mentally and physically. You, you won the quarterfinals last year and then you went to your semi-final which what which um semi-final did you do i don't know um, lowlands i think and you and you were I you finished. were absolutely like buzzing as you went in i'm sure but yeah. you, the, the finish that you, you that you needed you didn't get so you didn't progress on to the games yeah. how did it feel when when you when you realized that you weren't going to be going forwards um it was after the first day when I got Pete. I was sitting second, um, going into the day two, and the f- the first two events were like the, the, they favoured me. Like I can I can dig a bit of, a bit of graft, and I don't mind going fast on on the on the sprint events. And it was friendly Fran and the chipper and the overhead squat workout. I got penalised for my squat depth of the overhead squat, and I got the the, the added like. A minute and a half's worth of time on the. I got proper pain lies, so it knocked me from second to like eleventh or twelfth or something. And I knew that the snatch event, what was coming up, I was like, that's where I needed to have a bit of a cushion for 
going into the third day mm-hmm. and I felt like it just took the sting out of me and drained me a bit like trying to as when you try to put your hand up in CrossFit like it's the you can't really have a say to them like the the that cutthroat they're like nah a no reps a no rep to them and like you you they don't really go back on the decisions so it drained me a bit and i uh, lost a bit of a spark going into day three mm. even though i felt like i'd done well in the in the snatch event and the other ones i didn't really have like an oomph going into day three because i knew it wasn't going to be enough to qualify top five just with the with with the penalty i had but um it it was an eye-opener that just to to move better and work on my mechanics more in the off season. That that's what I needed to do, and that's what I have been doing. And I've seen like massive progress in it. So it was a bit of blessing in disguise, really. And to regroup. And, yeah, I needed that harsh reality check. Like your dad. Yeah. So you basically need someone to come around and shake you now and again, Reggie. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all you need. Slap on the arse now yes. and again. <laughs> so your coach. Um, how how was your relationship with him? I mean, it must be pretty close. You moved over from your hometown to Wigan to train. Yeah. And um, you've been there for, since 20, the beginning of 2021. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, how have you settled in and um, what's your day-to-day like with him? Um, we're pretty close. Um, I was originally getting coached off um, a different person before getting coached off. Steve. I was getting coached off Jack who still works with JST. Um, but it's a different kind of relationship I've got with with Steve and, and Jack. Steve gets me a bit more on like crack wise. Um and like we just he, he just he knows he knows he can he can tell my emotions without even talking to me or without me talking to him. Like he just gets me a bit more than than what Jack did. So we I had a sit down chat and I felt like I needed to work with Steve going into this season. Um, emotionally, you know, just he, he knows me a bit more off off living with him. Like I lived with him for for three months <clears throat> in January last year, and we're like fucking probably close mates, we're best mates, and you, you need that kind of relationship. But to trust someone to to know that the work what they're gonna put into you that that's gonna be the right work needed. And you need that trust, but it comes to the fine line of like when does he, when do you stop becoming my mate, and when when's he my coach mm. in session? And I feel like we've got that good relationship where we can we can turn that on and off. And he and he, he he's not scared to square me up if I'm taking the piss or he thinks I'm slacking or cutting corners. Like he, he'll square me up, and I appreciate appreciate everything he's done for me. He's because um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here now with without him he, he's he's put his neck out on the line for me and and bigged me up last year for to try and get me sponsors and get me involved and yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am now without without this the people around in my corner like well Stephen Fawcett is a really well-known um <coughs> British crossfitter so I'm, I'm glad that he's uh, looking after the next generation that's for sure he's yeah. very well known in my gym as well he's a, yeah so he, his he, name has traveled he gave me a good spanking the other day, like so. He's he still got it. He's still, he's still got, got it. it. <laughs> when you transitioned from doing a, um, from playing rugby to CrossFit, what were the um, elements of CrossFit that you struggled with? I'm assuming gymnastics and yeah. weight and uh, Olympic weightlifting weren't things that you were familiar with at the beginning. Yeah, um, I could always graft like machine stuff, things like that. 
I like get anything for time, like known, known there's a finish. Mm. Um, I could graph quick towards, but it was like the high skill stuff, um, the technical lifts, like mobility, things like that. Like um, that was, that was the struggle of learning. But, and I had a very bad attitude that if I was shit at it, I wasn't doing it. Like, I would, I would hate this. I would love progress and I would love getting better and I would get addicted to the progress, but I would hate being so bad that I would just avoid the start of it. Even though if I'm like, just put that to one side, like drop my ego in the next three weeks, the difference I could make would be, I could pick things up very quick. I'm a quick learner with things like that. But I just hated the initial start of things and I would just avoid things like double unders or, um, butterfly pull-ups like things what t- like took a bit of time to practice but we didn't get coached in our gym we didn't it was just me and my friend Mikey just two lads that we'd just love doing wads and just love getting out of breath and mm. burp. so anything like low skill grunt work we just love love to dig it we do we do the class wad on the morning we go back on the night time and do the same class wad just to try and beat with time again like <laughs> it was ridiculous and then we then we then we caught wind of like programs or things on instagram we were like right we've seen thrown and do this we're like right we're going to do that and do this and do that and we just like run ourselves into the ground with no structure just wads after wads after wads who do you look up to in the sport you mentioned rich froning is he a is he a hero uh back in the day he was just like uh he was a big name wasn't he Huge, but, um, of course i feel like fraser fraser like for the mentality not even like anyone who goes to the games back to back to back is like the different gravy, like the mentality you needed and the discipline is just, I think it's like definitely the hardest sport in the world for, for what you've got to learn and the standard of things you're getting and what you, what you put your body through, what you put your mind through. Um, it's just phenomenal. So all them big names, but I love like lads around like my age, the same personalities. Like I feel like BK's, got the same personality as me like I feel like I would get on well with him if I if I trained together and you've got David from the UK who I, I trained with for the for the first time a, a week a couple of weeks ago like they're the people that I, I look up to because they've proved themselves and they've been there like I just that's I, I, I love that kind of crack and it motivates me to, from when I first started that watching these um regional athletes compete we were like they were like me immortals that people were like bloody our heart we're never going to reach that that standard because mm. you have to train eight hours a day you've got to do ridiculous stuff when really it's not that's not the case like you you've got to still train hard but you don't have to do stupid amount of hours you just got to do the right things at the right time and just keep pushing yourself um and that motivates me that bridging the gap between that caliber of athlete and mixing it up a bit and like knowing that they're talking about you like uh bk messaged my coach the other day asking Ooh. what time I, what time i got on the 20 22 point did he uh, 22.3 and we sent him a video back and um you probably didn't didn't understand me like some fucking geordie but um have you actually met him no i haven't but uh i would i would love to do some training with him and um, get your butt to iceland I feel like we, the weather we is similar up. to Wigan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not far apart, is it? That would be amazing. I mean, hopefully, you guys will be at the same semi-final. Yeah, hopefully, and like and you mixing get to... up. You're standing like you see you were like you watching them on YouTube back in the day. Then and then you you're competing alongside them. It's, mm. it's 
it's pretty cool and just like inspire like other people that like it can be done with a with a job or things like that like it is possible but you've got to be very productive and you've got to be you have got to be disciplined with, with your time and, and your efforts in the gym is the life of a professional athlete what you thought it would be like nah talk, nowhere nowhere near what like, did you think it was going to be like and what is it like living the dream where you train every day and everything's class because you've got all time to train but when really it's it's very unsociable and very um draining like because everything surrounds our training and with the, the the days we train when when do you have time off as in like you can't really do anything on the Sunday because you've got training on the Monday. You can't really do anything on the Thursday because you've got training on the Friday. Like everything revolves around the next day of training. And if it's not the next day of training, it's what you're recovering for your next session. And that was the biggest, biggest hit for me to to try and get used to and reining things in when I'd go finish graft and I'd try and box all these, this training session off in three hours. So I'd get myself riled up and leave and work with a couple of cans of not go off my face on caffeine to box this, <laughs> like a whole day's worth of training in a couple hours to rein it in a bit and splitting the sessions up, getting warmed up properly, getting ready for the next session, going home, fueling, switching off from the gym as well was, was, was a massive deal. Like from the open last year, like I was so invested in the open, like I was doing video analysis and like what, what I could do to make things quicker. And it was just a mental drain when it, when it comes to the crunch time of, of semifinals, like, I was mentally wiped out because I invest so much time into all these different things and you can't see you can't see the effect. It's not like when you've got DOMs or you've squatted, you can feel the squats the next day, like mm. stress, you can't feel it, like until it's too late. Do you know what I mean? You can't feel until you feel overwhelmed and you feel run down. That's when it's when you've let things go too far. And it, that was the bit that was the hardest part, just having that balance. And I feel like from I feel you've got to go through it though because you don't know how you're going to, you don't know, you don't know how to to get better at them things. So you've got to go through that and learn from your mistakes. And, and I feel like in such, such a better place than I was from last year to this year. You went to Wadapalooza in, was it December? Yeah. So that must've been a great learning opportunity as well. Yeah, we, um, feel like even then I wasn't nowhere near the shape I am now. Like, cause we were still in the off season. We, what Palooza wasn't a goal. It was just fun. Something to try and qualify for. Yeah. It was just, it's like a fitness festival. That's all mm. it is. Fun, fun festival. So I was pretty, pretty ropey when I was out there as well. I don't know if I had COVID. I didn't really want to do a test, but, um, to pretty tell us I had COVID. I just, I was like, I'll crack on. I was, I was pretty run down, but, um, it was good crack, like mixing it with the, the top of the game. And mm. like, you look like Pat Vellner in the warm up area. You're like, how were you so good, you little spelt? I was like, your legs. I was like, your legs are just hanging out your shorts. I was like, you've got no sides on you. I was just, Did you say that bad. to Patrick Vellner? No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, you look maca, mate. That's what you look. <laughs> I always think he looks a bit translucent, but that, I mean, like, he's just a super pale. Very, yeah, in, very Northern European, but Canadian. So, I mean, all of the um, experiences that you've had, it's imp- impressive that you've 
figured out a way to turn those negative things into positives and is that was is there any specific point where you realized i've got to get my shit together in order for this to happen more palooza like people people like say oh well done for like finishing 20th i'm like well done for finishing 20th i was like what the fuck's 20th like Mm. me to say that i'm doing this full time to finish 20th like that's not fucking well done like it was a reality check as in like yeah, no, I wasn't in in shape for Wobblooza or nowhere near what that wasn't the goal. But it's not a fucking well done for finishing 20th. Like I'm not doing it just to take part to fill up the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Like you're doing you're sacrificing all these hours in the gym and and dedicating your in your life to it. Like I'm not doing it just to to do it for Instagram or fucking to be the fittest in the UK or whatever like that. You wanna you wanna reach the pinnacle of the sport and the pinnacle of the games. Like and once you go there, then then one what's next? Then you finish top ten. Then what's after that? You podium, like you you pushing you pushing the boundaries. But yeah, like I feel people sometimes don't understand the levels what it takes to mm. get to get to the the top of the game, and there's, there's some serious levels. I was speaking to Jacqueline Dahlstrom after she came back from rogue invitational and she didn't have a great performance there and she did much better at dubai and after that we sat down and had a chat and i said so what would you what what do you want people to say to you when you've had a, a bad showing and she said the last thing i want anyone to tell me is good job yeah yeah because it's just like i know it wasn't good and i yeah. need to get better and i think that's the that, that really separates professional athletes from well me- normal people like me it's like yeah. i tried my best okay you know it's not good enough <laughs> back in the like when i was growing up in school i feel like it really it didn't fizzle in but the, this this day and age i feel like people get credited on everything it's just like taking part that counts and I was like no nah, taking part doesn't count like I don't feel like that. that should be getting brought up with kids this that like this day like there's a winner and there's a loser end of and if you can't deal with it don't do sport like that's, that's how I feel it's I feel it's quite cutthroat and end of yeah and like in the elite level that's how people that's how most of them think mm. they don't care but they were they want to win like anyone who's at the games wants to win and if they're there, and if they're not there for that reason, they're there for the wrong reason, really. And I don't feel like you can't be at the games for any other reason than that because of the standard what you need to be. And I feel like a lot, a lot of the elite athletes, especially in CrossFit, have the same mentality. And most of them will tell you, like when they'll say, "Oh, well done for finishing the competition," like, "What do you mean, well done? Did I win? No, it's not well done." Have you been to the games as a spectator? No, I've never been. You never been? Me neither. No. Maybe we'll both go this year. Yeah. <laughs> Go there. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah. So the steps now, next week it's quarterfinals, then semifinals. Keep your head in the game and yeah. uh, don't fuck it up, Reggie Fasser. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Eat well. Don't take too many knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> don't overdose on the knuckles. Like, yeah. I woke up like a bloody half two in the morning and I seen someone, like, there's coats on the back of the door. And it looked like a bloody ghost figure and I shit myself. Like it spiked <laughs> my heart rate. Literally, I was wide awake at half two and I was like, for fuck's sake. I was like... From the knockout. I've done it again. Now I'm wired here. It's like I'm going to eat myself into a coma and force myself to sleep again. No I'm more knockout after two o'clock. I'm taking the coats off the door again. <laughs> 
Well, I'm gonna keep following you on Instagram and liking your posts, and uh, and I really hope that you get there this year. Thank you, Vicky. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Reggie. Really fun to talk to you. Take it easy on the knockos. If you have a suggestion for an athlete that I should be talking to, then please send me a message on Instagram at Vic McLeod. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe.